Hey y'all, and welcome to Southern Fried Spooky, the podcast home of all things Southern Spooky, and this week, on Safari. Woo-hoo! I'm your Carolina girl, Wait, Heather. wait, wait, look, there's a lion. Oh boy. And? I'm your Florida man, Tony. Look, a crocodile. <laughs> Just like your alligators, kind of. Only more aggressive. Yeah, and bitey. Yeah. Um, this is your weekly reminder to engage us on social media platforms. Any of them. All of them. Some of the ones we don't even have. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Comment on our Facebook page. Indeed. Leave us some likes and five-star reviews. Aha. All right, so this week... Yes. We're not actually on safari. This is more a virtual one. We're still sitting in South Carolina. Which is hot enough. We wanted to do something that's a little different, which I seem to say that every other week. Yeah. Um, And far afield from our southern region. Oh, yeah, but now we're more in the southern Africa area? (laughs) I have to look up exactly where we're talking about. Indeed. But this is one of those topics that we both have found fascinating for a while. absolutely. For almost all my life. And we just wanted to cover because we can. And it's pretty freaking freaky. What? Is it? I think it is. The only southern thing here is us. And we hope to do it some justice. And because the planet has apparently just experienced record heat, we thought we might as well embrace it and do safari themes. Indeed. We're going to Africa. Yes. Again, not really. No, not really. Now, I first saw the film about this in yep. about this incident back in 1996 or so, and it was a gorgeous movie yeah. starring Val Kilmer and mm-hmm. Michael Douglas. I watched it several times, and it's based on a real event that took place in Africa in a town called Savo. Yep. I was told about it when I was really young by my grandfather. Oh, that is awesome. Yep. And it takes place around the time of the American Civil War. Indeed. Around 1898. Now, the film... Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen it, you should. Is called the Ghost, the Ghost in the Darkness. Of the Darkness, yes. It has been a bit of a mystery. Not so much what happened, but why it happened. Yeah. I mean, they know it happened. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I mean, there there is undeniable proof that it did happen. So what do you call it when animals do what they're not supposed to do, or behave in a way that that so, is unusual, like ours? <laughs> no, I'd say kittens running through like a herd of gazelle is kind of normal. Yeah. I'll leave that in and just, you know, add animal effects. There's a spider on the wall. Uh, We're in Africa. What do you expect? At least it's a tiny spider. Yeah. Um, So what did your grandfather tell you about it? Well, he, he, not to jump ahead and explain what's going on. Or if you want to wait until a more um, African was When I was like seven or eight, I asked him, now don't don't judge me for this, I had this book about uh, Noah's Ark. Okay. And when I was little, I looked at him and asked him why there are two male lions on the cover of this book. Because on the artsy cover of of the Noah's Ark book, there are two lions, both with manes, walking up the ramp. (laughs) So I was like, why are there two male lions? And he goes, goes, huh. And from that point, it just he he had to explain that the artist was probably an idiot, and you know just. And then he goes, incidentally, <laughs> and he starts telling me about these male lions that have no manes. Oh yeah. And I was like, that's really cool. He's like, they're salvo lions. And I was like, oh wow. And he goes, you want to hear something really creepy? Ooh. And here we go. <laughs> okay. 
Okay. Yeah, and this was when I was like seven or eight years old. Your family is every bit as creepy as mine. Oh, yes. So in 1898, two African lions, known locally as the Ghost and the Darkness, killed a number of workers on the East Africa Railroad at the Tsavo River. It's spelled T-S-A-V-O, so it's sort of a t sound. I'm sorry, a number? We'll we'll get there. (laughs) And effectively shut the project down until they were hunted down and shot. Yes. That's the very short version. That's a very short, short version. While the terrors of man-eating lions, and probably man-eating cats in general, were not entirely new to the British public perception, the Tsavo man-eaters became one of the most notorious instances Mm -hmm. of dangers posed to Indian and Native African workers of the Uganda Railway. Indeed. And there is so much more to the story. Now, while lions are amongst the most dangerous animals in Africa, uh, apparently right under hippos... Yeah, ish. (laughs) Like, they, there are more hippo slayings than are, or there are lion slayings. Yes, but the the lions are probably likely to actually eat you. The hippos just do terrible things. Yeah, maul you to death. <laughs> Basically. But very few lions actually earn a reputation quite this bad as being man-eaters. So what was it about the Savo lions that gave them such notoriety? Ooh, ah. To understand this, we'll need to go back to the 1890s. In 1896, Mm -hmm. the British Empire started to construct a railroad in their East African colony because that's what they do. Yes. The railroad would start in the coastal port of Mombasa in modern-day Kenya all the way to Uganda, and the railway would cross about 580 miles, several rivers and valleys, and take over 30 years to complete. Yeah, it's a long railroad. And we complain about maintenance over in in the Charlotte area. Right. The rails would reach Kampala, Uganda in 1928. The British colonials hoped that the railroad would encourage people to move into the interior of Africa and would provide a method of transporting trade products between Africa and Europe. And officially, it was named the Uganda Railroad. Yes. However, detractors and critics called it the Lunatic Line (laughs) because it ran from nowhere to nowhere. Isn't that how? Well, isn't that how most train lines, especially in the U.S., got started? Well, we I think have, they started a big city or something like a growing city and head to nowhere. Well, but I don't think we start nowhere. Well, I mean, like, I mean, most most people are like, "Yep, you know, train station will do here." Um, we're in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Build a city. Okay. <laughs> Thousands of laborers mm-hmm. called coolies coolies were imported from India which was also part of the British Empire, mm-hmm. to build the railroad. Okay, now I have this horrible thought. Is coolie a slur, or is it just what they I were called? I don't know. It's what the British called them. It probably is by now. Oh, I don't yeah. know. To them, the project was considered a shining symbol of modern British progress and the civilization of what In was quotes. then known as the Dark Continent. Because, yes, British. Yeah. <laughs> no offense, England. We, we all know about this. As a matter of fact, we have a... Um, a man from England coming to stay with us for a week. Let's hope he doesn't feel too badly about it. Yeah, that's, that's true. It's like, it's okay, we have our whole plantation history. It's yeah. not like we're exactly pristine here. In February of 1898, two years into its construction, the railroad line had reached the Savo River mm-hmm. in Kenya, 130 miles northwest of Mombasa. This is where it gets a little technical, but not too bad. A yeah. temporary bridge was built to allow the track to cross the river, and continue being built on the other side. You know, the way bridges do. Yeah. In March, 
British Army Colonel John Henry Patterson was brought in from India to oversee the construction of a permanent railroad bridge across the river. An engineer to, you know, yeah. deal with this. The river valley was about 100 yards wide. Patterson located a source of suitable that is stone. A big river divide. About three miles away and built a small tram line from the rock source to the bridge site. These stones would be used to form the foundation piers in the riverbed, yeah. upon which the bridge pillars would be constructed. Incidentally, here in South Carolina, in Columbia, we have the remnants of a stone bridge that went across the Saluda River. Yeah. And we still have those kind of rock pilings on oh, the bottom. Yeah, yeah. Sherman took them down when he was building his superhighway. <laughs> wow. So, but we still have a little bit of the bridge. Yeah. Not a lot. So that's what I envision. Now, I don't know if that's what it looked like. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, continued. Because of all these multiple smaller projects, several thousand workers were scattered in strings of camps along the railroad over a distance of some 20 miles. And Patterson was responsible for all of them. Which means Patterson was also responsible for all those deaths. Yeah, technically, I guess. I don't think that's how they saw it, but I don't know. Shortly after his arrival, as in a few days, workers began to disappear. Or maybe had already been disappearing, but he got reports about that. Yeah. And at first, he didn't really believe the natives who told him that there was a lion attacking people. I suspect that he thought the workers were just up and leaving, wanting to go home, not having a good British work ethic. I don't know. However, then there were reports that began to trickle in of lion sightings. And the remains of dead workers were found. And I'm not sure how they could tell this, but um, you might, since you are around these. It became clear that there were at least two lions involved. Okay. Every few days, one of the lions would strike at one of the scattered campsites, and then another, attacking horses, donkeys, goats, cattle, and people. So how would you say, as a tracker, or someone who's been raised as a tracker, would you just look at the footprints, or how would you know that there's two? You can look at at paw prints, and especially, I mean, you're in Africa, so there are going to be paw prints. Oh, yeah. They're just size comparisons bite comparisons to oh we found this dead body and there's two different bite patterns on okay, him as well. That makes sense. Um yeah, just there there's a myriad of little context clues you can find that will tell you. Okay. Yep. Thank you for explaining that. Of course. Now the Indian workers obviously were meaning from India, yeah. not Native Americans. Indian workers constructed protective fences around their camps and they're known as Boma, which I think is actually the name of a restaurant at Disney which are made from the thorny branches of acacia trees. And they kept campfires burning all night, but the lions still found their way through. Mm-hmm. In one incident, one of the lions clawed its way into a tent and attacked a sleeping worker. That is by far the worst way to wake up I have ever heard yep. of. And I've, well, okay, the worst I've had is when my cat decided to jump from the windowsill onto me and then onto the floor. Yeah, yeah. And that cat was 15 pounds. Yeah, now imagine a cat that's 200 pounds. Yeah. With, you know, claws the size of big razors. And probably a little hungry. Yeah. Patterson noted early on that in their killing spree that only one lion at a time would enter the inhabited areas and seize victims. Later on, they became more brazen, entering together and each seizing a victim. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, building up their efficiency, working out the kinks in their system, I guess. Well, I mean, this is the equivalent of Jurassic Park with the raptors testing the weaknesses and the fences. I mean, that's what they're doing. You have one who's going in and killing, and the other one who's spotting. 
Like, really okay, so this is where they're going to come from. This is where most of the people are. So but, then what? They just get comfortable enough to both go in yeah, at the same time? Once they've learned human patterns, of course. We a lot of people just a lot of people just look at lines as these stupid killing machines. They're actually highly intelligent creatures, and I think this story proves it. True, but usually they're in a pride system, and it's the females, the girl power, who have worked out the hunting system. Yeah, but these this are, is a little unusual. Yeah, these are two male lions, which, upon further reading, isn't hugely unusual but it's, it's still not super common yeah i mean they're both from what i understand they're both pride mates yeah like litter mates like litter mates probably they're, brothers they're brothers and they just went off and decided guess what i mean we are our own pride yes we'll celebrate pride month by april the railroad rails extended some 40 miles away from savo and only a few hundred workers remained behind for some mysterious reason to construct the bridge. I wonder why. They were concentrated into a number of camps at the bridge site. So the lions began to concentrate their hunts. Patterson spent many nights perched in a tree with his rifle, hoping to spot the lions, but he never did. One night, one of the lions broke into the hospital tent and dragged away one of the patients. Mm -hmm. Now, if you've seen the movie, it is an absolute bloodbath, but here it just mentions one. Yeah. Patterson then moved the hospital tent to a different spot, but the next night, the lion returned to the new location mm -hmm. and dragged the water carrier, which I assume is a person and not a machine, yeah. out of the hospital. Yes. By his head. <laughs> uh, yep, that was a person. His head and one of his hands were found the next morning. Yep. So uh, Patterson... I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was about to say, now these lions are proving their efficiency. Right. <laughs> Moving the hospital tent doesn't seem to make a difference. I imagine it's not so much the they're looking for signs of where it moved to. I think they just follow the smell well, of I mean, sick people. They're, right? they're obviously following the smell, but they're obviously following the people as well. Because these people moved 40 miles down the track and the lions were still there. Oh, yeah. Which means they were not in their little hunting area. They... Maybe they didn't have a territory. Maybe, Maybe they just had a range. So he... Patterson moved yeah. the tent again. Yeah. And this time placed a railroad car with some cattle inside at the old location. Yeah. So accompanied by the camp doctor, which sounds very... <laughs> Don't risk the doctor. Yeah, right. <laughs> they stayed up all night with his rifle waiting for the lions. One lion managed to get into the boxcar and kill one of the cows, but he couldn't quite figure out how to drag the bovine body through the boma. Yeah. That's fun to say. So eventually he decided to stalk Patterson and the doctor. <laughs> uh, this is what happens when you screw with Mother Nature. She screws back. Well, I, 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 to be fair, I think they started it. Uh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> So they attacked. Patterson Patterson managed to wound it in the mouth with the rifle shot, allegedly breaking off one of the canine teeth. That is something that he mentions in his book. Yeah. Um, researchers are not sure if he was actually the source of that, or they think one of the lions had some canine damage, which is why they were hunting people in the first place. Because they're soft and chewy? Uh, yeah, basically. So the main camp had a few weeks respite from the lions. How lovely that must have been. Patterson later learned that they had been raiding one of the construction camps at the railroad many miles away. <laughs> Why is that funny? <laughs> I don't know. It's just like, oh, oh, okay. 
We can rest now. The lions are gone. Meanwhile, there's a whole bunch of people screaming a couple miles away. Yeah. Yeah. That would <laughs> like, be like a cutscene too. Yeah. Like, eh, like, meanwhile, <laughs> back at the other camp, horror ensues. Indeed. Assuming that they would be back, yeah. Patterson constructed some kind of mechanical trap inside the railway car. It would drop a set of iron bars if anything entered. Which, again, if you've seen the movie, did it work? In point of fact, it did not. It but did I'm not. convinced the theory is sound. <laughs> yes. For several nights in a row, I'm Patterson... suddenly envisioning Wiley e. Coyote tying it up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Acme written across it. Okay, it wasn't that bad. It was kind of ingenious, but. For several nights in a row, Patterson himself was the bait, spending the night inside the boxcar to try to lure one of the lions in. Apparently the lions were smarter than he was. They were pretty smart. But a few weeks later, they did return. And one of the cats entered the boma Mm -hmm. and dragged one of the workers out, where he was joined by the second lion. And (laughs) to me, this seems like they're just really making a statement. If you own cats, you know what this means. Yes. They ate the worker... Just 30 yards away from the camp. Kind of like, ha, watch this. And that's the equivalent of, like, your house cat going outside and bringing a dead bird back and leaving it on the doorstep. Well, I'm understanding that that's a gift because they think we are bad hunters. Oh. To me, this is more like the, you look at your cat and tell him, don't you knock that off. (laughs) This is exactly that. You're bad hunters. You can't stop us. Basically. So this is that. This is the equivalency of that. It's like, you're bad hunters. You obviously can't catch us. Yeah, they were pretty (laughs) secure in that thought. And for the next several months, the lions would periodically return. I guess they're just making their way up and down the line and make further kills. Hey, Darkness, you know, eventually we're going to kill enough of these bastards that they'll stop and they'll leave us alone. (laughs) My tooth hurts. I know, bro. We'll deal with it. (laughs) But, Ghost, do you think they'll take the bridge with you? (laughs) In December, like December 1st, hundreds of workers fled from Savo. I guess there was just, at some point, one death too many. Yeah. After many months. I guess these are very patient people. Halting construction of the bridge. And according to Patterson, even the district officer, Mr. Whitehead, narrowly escaped being killed by one of the lions after arriving at the Savo train depot in the evening. His assistant, Abdullah, was killed while Mr. Whitehead escaped with four claw lacerations running down his back, which I can only think of would leave a wicked scar and, like, serious bragging rights. Now, because the project had been shut down and one of their people had been attacked, at this point, colonial officials kind of began to become interested well i mean after so many deaths they're just like wonder what's going on here yeah and at least the way they sort of do it in the movie and i wouldn't be surprised if this is true they're killing indian and african people yes they're the workers yeah i can't imagine that the act like the financiers or the project heads really care that much other than it's eating into the time (laughs) and also well with an ant colony you kill off into couple you kill off enough ants the queen's eventually going to get up and move. Yeah. Okay, so what's your point? I think that the lions were doing this for the reason of them stopping their construction. Well, maybe. I don't know if they have that much forethought, but maybe. So two days later, so I guess this is now December 3rd, the superintendent of police arrived a reinforcement of around 20 armed sepoys to help hunt down the lions. Which, I had to look that up, sepoys are Indian infantrymen. So they done pulled out the military at this point. Yeah. 
But, you know, the expendable ones. Yeah. That night, one of the lions finally entered the boxcar trap. And despite a number of shots being fired at it from close range, it was able to get out. Mm-hmm. This is probably why they called it a ghost. Yep. The police superintendent and his men spent days looking for the lions, but with no success. And eventually, they left. Yeah. They did give Patterson a high-powered hunt- hunting rifle. <laughs> good luck! Basically. <laughs> Here you go. Good luck. On December 9th, one of the lions killed a donkey, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, not that shocking, I guess. But as it ate its latest prey, Patterson instructed a group of workers, uh, you know, whoever's left, to approach it. Yeah. To make as much much noise as possible and to try to drive it into the open. Yeah. And apparently this actually worked. The lion, when the lion emerged, Patterson finally was able to wound it with his special new rifle. Now, keep in mind... He did not kill it. No. But expecting that the lion would return that night to get the donkey, Patterson built a wooden platform and waited. He's an engineer. I guess platforms are quick and easy. Yeah. The lion did indeed return, but ignored the donkey and went after Patterson. There's that revenge. We have talked about this. I don't know if we've talked about it here, but I know this is also true with tigers. Like, if you hurt a big cat, they remember... And they will try to get you back. Absolutely. Which is a little creepy. Well, this is, and this is kind of off topic, but still on that same point. This is why Roy from Siegfried and Roy was mauled the way he was, is because he always was the one cracking the whip. You think? And that tiger had enough of him. (laughs) Well, uh, he always maintained that the tiger was just playing or whatnot. I don't know. Even if a tiger is playful, that is a really big kitty to be playing with, and we are a little bit fragile. Right? I got an idea. Let's go play with a car and see which one's going to win. No doubt. But the upshot of this, this most recent event, Patterson did manage to finally kill one. Yeah. Took him two shots, and the lion measured, and I've never really known how big lions actually are, nine feet, eight inches. That's from nose to tail. Or 2.95 meters. Yeah. And it took eight men to carry the carcass that is back a to camp. Big lion. Yeah, I don't know what the average for a lion is. I know tigers are generally bigger, and yeah. tigers are huge, and I've seen a few of them at the zoo, so not super have you close. Ever, have you ever seen enough. a liger? They're enormous. Those things are like 12 feet long. Yeah, those are definitely one of those kind of things that shouldn't exist, but wow. Well, they, I mean, they really shouldn't. They're crossbred between a lion and a tiger. Which are continents apart. Yes. But, you know. Look at the giant kitty. Right. Look For at my the, kids alone. Here, kitty, kitty, kitty. Look at look at the teeth and massive amounts of paws that is going to be tearing into you. I have seen on probably Disney Channel on the animal... When they're doing uh, stuff at the Animal Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Where they have um, vet checkups on the tigers. Yeah. They definitely have to anesthetize them. Oh, yeah. But just seeing a human touching a tiger and seeing like how enormous its paws well, yeah, are. Yeah, I was about to say, like the one we it's watched, like the guy and... put his hand up to the lion's paw and the paw like dwarfed or his, or the tiger, the paw dwarfed his hand. Oh yeah, they're absolutely <laughs> enormous like... creatures. Like even if they can be made tame, which I am told they're only ever so-so tame. They're, like, they're as tame as they want to be. <laughs> yeah, again, if they just want to play with you or if they decide they're tired of you, yeah, that's dangerous. And we mean play with is like the way your house cat does with a bug. Yeah, imagine if your house cat was, you know, 15 times bigger and 
I'm like, suddenly I'm having terrible images of the litter box. <laughs> right. Anyway. Yeah. We're now down to one lion remaining alone. Yes. And a few nights later, I guess it's sort of downsizing, it attacked two goats. Yeah. So Patterson set out three more goats as bait. I'm sure these goats were thrilled with this oh, assignment. Yeah. Tying them to a short section of railroad tie. Because, of course, I guess that would be available. The lion returned, killed one of the goats, then dragged the entire railroad tie away, goats and all. Do you know how many, how much t- railroad ties weigh? Well, I know how much they weigh, like, not really. I know how big they are in, in like, modern terms. They're I don't like know about 300 them. pounds. Yeah, he just picked it up and walked off. Wow. And I guess the goats rather... Just kind of got let off. They're yeah, like, I'm okay, sure they're fine. thrilled with that. Ting, 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 ting. <laughs> Like, you just see a lion just leading goats off into the the wilderness there. Now, allegedly, Patterson was known to be, like, a hunting expert and a very good shot. Yeah. But he missed. Um, wasn't it, um, uh, what was his name who played him in the movie? Val Kilmer? Val Kilmer, thank you. The glorious and handsome? Yes, yes. The next morning... Patterson and a group of workers followed the trail. <laughs> the, I ima- the goat marks. I imagine the goat marks, yes. And it's like looks like the first 20 minutes of Jurassic Park walking through the Africa. Probably. So Patterson built another wooden platform. You can just find where he's been. There's just little platforms mm-hmm. everywhere. And when the lion returned that night, he finally got this one too. Wounded it with two shots. Yeah. But not killed yet. For the next 10 days... Nothing happened, which is probably an alarming amount of time. Yeah. So Patterson assumed that the lion had probably died from the shots. But no, not yet. No. The lone lion returned and made an unsuccessful attack on another worker who was sleeping in a tree. Can you imagine that if the attacks are so bad that you take to sleeping in trees? Lions can climb trees. Not well, but they can. They still can. Dogs well can as, like, climb leopards. trees. Lions can do it, too. Again, not well. <laughs> They're not like leopards. Yeah. Leopards can climb trees while carrying another dead animal. Yes. But that night, Patterson himself lay in ambush in the same tree. I swear to God, those cats. And when the lion returned... Which cats? Their cats or our cats? Ours right now. Oh. And when the lion returned, wounded it twice more. So he shot this thing four times. And it's still going. It's very mad by now, I'm sure. In the morning, they followed the blood trail and found the lion, which, of course, charged at them. Two more shots, and Patterson finally kills it. And I, I kind of feel bad for it, but... That's six rounds that we know from of a high-powered rifle. In, like, a couple of days. Yeah. By now, it was December 29th, 1898. Mm-hmm. And Patterson later wrote a book about his experience in 1907 called... The Man-Eaters of Savo. Yep. Now, as you mentioned earlier, the examination of the two dead lions showed that they were both male. Yep. And not unlike most of the lions in the Savo region, these cats do not have manes. They don't have manes. Uh, Savo is hotter and drier than the Serengeti, and a male with a heavy mane would, quote, according to scientists, squander his daily water allowance simply panting under a bush with none to spare for patrolling his territory hunting or finding mates which i guess makes sense yeah most likely they were brothers young male lions without a pride of their own often form small packs or partnerships which is kind of cool yeah and kind of scary sometimes the construction crew returned and finished the bridge in february of 1899 now, the exact number of people killed by the lions is unclear. 
Patterson, in his book, gave several figures, overall claiming that there were 135 victims. Though he mostly tracked British citizens, as in the Indians and none of the African victims. He wrote, between them, no less than 28 Indian coolies, in addition to scores of unfortunate African natives of whom no official record was kept. So, 135 plus. Something like that, yes. Now, this is kind of hilarious in a way. At the end of the crisis, the Prime Minister of the UK, Lord Salisbury, Mm. addressed the House of Lords on the subject of the Savo man-eaters. Yes. Quote, The whole of the works were put to a stop because a pair of man-eating lions appeared in the locality and conceived a most unfortunate taste for our workmen. At last the laborers entirely declined to carry on unless they were guarded by iron entrenchments. Of course, it is difficult to work a railway under these conditions, and until we found an enthusiastic sportsman to get rid of the lions, our enterprise was seriously hindered. Indeed. Can you imagine a more British phrase? (laughs) (laughs) So continuing back to, for years, there was debate over how many people the two lions actually killed over their nine-month period. And estimates running from the railway company's figure of 28 to Patterson's figure of 135. In 2009, a team of biologists was able to do a chemical analysis on hair and skin samples from the specimens, what was left of the lions. Yeah. And used isotope ratios and other things that I totally do not understand to determine the chemical makeup of the proteins in the lion's diet. Yeah. Essentially, they concluded that one of the lions had eaten around 11 people and that the other had eaten around 24. And that meant that one of the lions ate mostly herbivores with only about one-third of its diet coming from humans, while the other made up almost two-thirds of its diet with humans. X-ray imaging of the lion's remains found that they both suffered from dental issues. Yeah. One of the lions had a severe root tip abscess in one canine tooth. As a result... The researchers believe that lions started preying on humans for the practical reason that humans are easier to catch and chew. Like I said, they're squishy. Yeah. Yeah. For century, Arab slave caravans passed through Savo on the way to Mombasa, said Samuel Kasiki, deputy director of biodiversity research and monitoring with the Kenya Wildlife Service. The death rate was high. It was a bad area for sleeping sickness from the tsetse fly, and the bodies of slaves who died or were dying were left where they dropped. So the lions may have just gotten used to the taste for human flesh by eating the corpses. I mean, that's also a thing. Scavenging. I yeah. mean, if they're not too unfresh, I guess. Now, I want to bring up something that we didn't cover here. Okay. But when they originally tried to hire that tribe... Ooh, I do cover that. Oh, you do? Okay. Give me a second here. Okay. Here's a slight indignity. After 25 years as Patterson's floor rugs, like Scar in what Hercules, douche. the lion skins were sold to the Field Museum of Natural History, which I think is in Chicago, yeah. in 1924 for a sum of $5,000. Obviously, they arrived in very poor condition, but the lions are reconstructed and are now on permanent display along with their skulls. I always want to say that they're in the Smithsonian, I, I thought they were not. I thought they were in the Smithsonian. I think they're not. Okay. So now a little bit about the movie. Yeah. In 1996, Patterson's book was adapted into a Hollywood screenplay called The, the Ghost, Ghost in the Darkness. The Darkness, yeah. 
starring Val Kilmer as Patterson. Yep. And Michael Douglas as a fictional big game hunter character named Charles Remington. The script was written by William Goldman, best known as the author of Princess Bride. Indeed. And there were a few other films earlier done, but I personally really like this one. Yeah. Sadly, critics didn't like it at all. It kind of got panned rather summarily. Mm. And the film certainly glorified the European-based characters, except for the financier of the project, who is a very typical British man-in-charge sort. He's not Uh, very nice. And the film does include the Maasai, a native tribe of the area who are known as cattle herders, and as such, quite familiar with lions and dealing with them. Now, in the film... It is the Maasai who call the lions the ghost in the darkness. And while on the hunt, they were uh, contracted to help hunt down these lions. Yeah. The Maasai chose to leave, not because they're afraid of lions. They're, you know, I'm sure they respect them in a way, but they're not afraid of them exactly. But according to them... They were not lions. These were not lions. They were evil spirits. And the film does give the hint that these are supernatural beings or possessed animals. I will note... Also, that the film uses a breed of lion that is not very aggressive, and that they do have manes. Yeah. Uh, but these are also trained film lions. One of them was in George of the Jungle. I was one of them was in George of the Jungle. His name is Bongo. Yes, and he is like one of the most well-known acting lions. He has been in a lot of movies. So they don't actually look like no, the lions of no, Savo, no. but I think it's one of those things of expectation. Yeah. Um, I mean, when you think lion, you think big cat, big, big red mane. mane. But, well, these were apparently bigger cats with no manes. So, I have not been able to determine if the Maasai were actually involved in the real event or if they were just written into the film yeah. as, you know, for dramatic effect. But I do like that that they... Well, I thought that was in the book. I'm not sure. Oh. I don't have the book. And in none of the representations of the places where I researched what the book was about doesn't mention them. So I don't actually know. Now I could just go and read the book, but I don't usually have that kind of time. (laughs) Yeah. And also we're in the middle of recording right now. Yeah. Can't exactly. I mean, I did try to look it up, but it doesn't mention them, but it is a great scene and I really do enjoy it. Remington enjoys their sort of night before the hunt ceremonies and, and traditions. And it's a very cool scene. Oh yeah. And again, the character Michael Douglas plays it was fictional, but loosely based on a real person. Oh, okay. So that is all I have for the actual research bit of The Ghost and the Darkness. Indeed. So what do you think? Do you think they're evil spirits, or do you think they're just misunderstood cats? As do you I think someone really... killed their mom when they were young? At, well, That's I mean, what my mother we, thinks. We, could, we can damn sure chalk it up to Disney background right now. <laughs> um, Maybe. I, I don't know. I mean... I'm trying to think, like, gr- lions are usually n- not as aggressive as these were towards human beings. Yes, these they, were extra aggressive, extra hungry. Like, the, like lions are known to, like, bite and maul, but never eat. It's kind of like sharks. Like, apparently humans don't well, taste that they good. Will, they will bite and spit you out. Yeah. Yeah, like, they just, now they're, and I think Jaws... <clears throat> really did a, disturb- a disservice to sharks in general. Oh, of course, and I think the author has said as much. Yeah, like, I mean, you know, but Jaws was, again, sort of like these, the anomaly. Yeah, except for that's not based on anything no, real. No. It was just an imagination. These, however, were real, yeah. and that's the thing that got people struggling. Like, 
they were not behaving the way any known at that time, at least, lions yeah, do. No, not at all. So I don't know about bachelor lions living out in their little mini prides if this is remotely typical and we just didn't know that at the time. I'm babbling a little bit. But, but. it's fine. I mean, no, no, but as for are they evil spirits, who can actually say that? But yes, I think they were an anomaly and I think it's an amazing story. Now, I have heard, and my dad has told me that he's seen them. He's been to the museum and he's seen them and he says and maybe it's just that thing of he knows what they were that just being around their taxidermied stuffed bodies they still feel creepy i bet like there is something about them that is just disturbing yeah um i don't know now that i mentioned jaws i got that they were sitting in the boat singing Oh. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to start singing like um, a pirate? No, no. It's like that. I'm tired and I want to go home. Oh, yeah. I'm sure a lot of the workers were singing their own versions but, but of that. What, but what I'm saying is, like, now, like, can you imagine just sitting around in camp not knowing that there are these two abnormally large and aggressive predators about to pounce on your ass? And knowing it could be any moment, yeah. any time. Like, these are stealth hunters. They are, like, they are meant to kill. And kill efficiently. <laughs> and while it got terribly panned, in the movie they did show some scenes where... I love the jingling of the cat toys in the background. Yeah, indeed. Um, where people are trying to see, and they look out over this just waving sea of... of dry grass that is of course lion colored and you just can't see anything yeah yeah they're just invisible which you know is how lions work i guess yeah we as humans are a bit uh we have hubris and we are not accustomed to being prey you know we don't like it (laughs) what is the quote one of my favorite quotes and it's actually from jurassic park yeah and it's you quoted that or mentioned Jurassic Park several times but what i'm saying is 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 the quote is to a canary a cat is a monster. This You're is just used to being the cat. Very good point. I'm assuming that's an Ian Malcolm. No. Really? That's actually a... That just sounds like something Jeff Goldblum would it say. It really was, but or it, it sounds like it, but it's actually uh, the doctor, uh, Henry Wu, who says it. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. So we hope you have enjoyed our little summer safari. We have. Might as well I use have. this heat to our advantage. Yep. Of course, where we are, we have humidity around 50% on the regular. So let us know what you thought of this one. Have yes, you seen the definitely. movie or any of the other movies? Um, what do you think caused the lions to behave like this? Was it for scientifically sound reasons we haven't figured out yet? Or were they evil? Let us know. Evil, like the fruits of the devil. <laughs> Make fun of my accent. Join us next week for whatever we do then, as usual. Visit us on our Facebook page, Patreon, and leave us some five-star reviews. As usual. Thank you so much, and we hope you have a pool around you wherever you are. Indeed. I'm your Carolina girl, Heather. And I'm your Florida man, Tony. And we are Southern Southern Fried Fried Spooky. Spooky. And a few extra cats in the background. Indeed. Until next week, bye, bye, y'all. Oh, yeah, so just to bring that up, until tonight, I had no idea that Goldman wrote The Princess Bride. Yeah, yeah, he did. Here I was. I've been lied to my entire life thinking it was some fictional dude named S. Morgan Stern. He's a very good writer. You were just totally taken in by a well-scripted plot.
ਕੀਤਾ ਹੁਣ ਮੈਂ ਦੱਸੋ ਕੀ ਮੈਂ ਕੀ